December 8th is our 75th birthday, and you could win $800. Text the word birthday and your full name now to 514-800. Details at cjad800.com. Following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Coming up after 10.15, Maître Linda Hammerschmidt will join us to answer your family law questions. So get them in early at 514-800, whether you're going through a divorce or separation or you're thinking about it or there's some child custody issues or anything of that nature, then uh, do send us your question at 514-800. But first... Time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with passion at 514-800. I got the most heartwarming email that I wanted to share. It's a bit long, but I think it's worth the listen. So, and it's, uh, it's about Christmas. So, you know, it's nice to get uh, heartwarming things like that leading up to the holidays. I've been a long time listener, uh, long time silent listener of your show. Last night's baby boomer show had special meaning for me. I was brought up under the Jewish faith and we did not celebrate Christmas, but to a small degree celebrated Hanukkah. I was married to a Catholic man who passed away six years ago now. He was very big on Christmas and a believer in Santa Claus, and I used to laugh at him. We brought up our kids with both Hanukkah and Christmas decorations, which was very new to me. He would sit with the kids and write a letter to Santa with our kids. In private, I used to ask him, how can you possibly seriously believe in Santa Claus at your age? He always told me it is the spirit of Santa and the holiday spirit. My parents loved him but thought he was nuts when it came to the Santa thing. When we got the internet at home, he had me read something that made it very clear to me and if someone asked me if I believe in Santa Claus today, my answer is a resounding yes. It may be something some, if not most of your listeners are aware of. A letter written by an eight-year-old girl to the editor of the New York Sun in 1897. Her letter was put on the front page with the editorial response. Please take the time to read the letter and the response. I want to share this with you. I'd never heard of this. I think this is uh, brilliant. We, uh, the New York Sun says, we take pleasure in answering thus prominently the communication below, expressing at the same time our gratification that its faithful author is numbered among the friends of the Sun. This is the letter. Dear editor, I am eight years old. Some of my little friends say there is no Santa Claus. Papa says, if you see it in the sun, it is so. Please tell me the truth. Is there a Santa Claus? And this is from Virginia O'Hanlon. This is the answer. That was brilliant. Virginia, your little friends are wrong. They have been affected by the skepticism of a skeptical age. They do not believe except they see. They think that nothing can be which is not comprehensible by their little minds. All minds, Virginia, whether they be men's or children's, are little. In this great universe of ours, man is a mere insect, an ant, in his intellect as compared with the boundless world about him as measured by the intelligence capable of grasping the whole of truth and knowledge. Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. He exists as certainly as love and generosity and devotion exist. 
You know that they abound and give to your life its highest beauty and joy. Alas, how dreary would be the world if there were no Santa Claus. It would be as dreary as if there were no Virginias. There would be no childlike faith then, no poetry, no romance to make tolerable this existence. We should have no enjoyment except in sense and sight. The external light with which childhood fills the world would be extinguished. Not believe in Santa Claus, you might as well not believe in fairies. You might get your papa to hire men to watch in all the chimneys on Christmas Eve to catch Santa Claus. But even if you did not see Santa Claus coming down, what would that prove? Nobody sees Santa Claus, but that is no sign that there is no Santa Claus. The most real things in the world are those that neither children nor men can see. Did you ever see fairies dancing on the lawn? Of course not, but that's no proof that they are not there. Nobody can conceive or imagine all the wonders there are, there are unseen and unseeable in the world. You tear apart the baby's rattle and see what makes the noise inside. But there is a veil covering the unseen world, which not the strongest man, nor even the united strength of all the strongest men that ever live, lived could tear apart. Only faith, poetry, love, romance can push aside that curtain and view and picture the super, supernat, supernal beauty and glory beyond. Is it all real? Ah, Virginia, in all this world there is nothing else real and abiding. No Santa Claus, thank God, he lives and lives forever. A thousand years from now, Virginia, nay, ten times, ten thousand years from now, he will continue to make glad the heart of childhood. I thought it was so beautiful. And then she says, the uh, author of the email, I miss my husband very much and keep his spirit alive every day. My kids are grown up and every Christmas we joyfully remember his craziness and love he had for the holidays and the holiday spirit. He made sure Hanukkah was special in our home as well and brought something a little more to Hanukkah and the high holidays. The spirit and concept of Santa lived in my husband every day. Last night's show brought back happy memories, and it is hard not to cry writing this. The love he had for life, me and our kids, is beyond words. He was young at heart when I met him, and he passed away young at heart, and he kept me young at heart. I truly hope you read this on the air and apologize for its length. Many have lost the deeper meaning of the upcoming time of year. I hope this message helps some remember and some to discover, as I did so very long ago. How special is that? Oh, I thought that was so heartwarming and well worth the read, if even, yes, it was um, a little long. So here's a text message. What's the best way to treat erectile dysfunction at 34 years old? Good question, uh, but before we know what to treat, we need to know what the cause of the erectile dysfunction is. So th that requires a full assessment. It's rare in a young man, and I mean like not an over 50 guy, to experience erectile dysfunction off that's, a, that's based on some kind of physical um, cause. That doesn't mean it can't be, but it requires a thorough evaluation so that we can figure out whether this is psychological or physical. If 
um, I would ask you a couple of questions right off the bat. Are you, uh, are you just having erectile dysfunction with a partner? Do you have erections when you masturbate but not with a partner? If the answer is yes, then it is psychological and it's probably related to some form of performance anxiety. So I suggest you reach out. You can email me. You can go through my website, drlaurie.com. Uh, give me a, a bit more uh, detail on this. I could refer you. I could, uh, we, you can schedule a consultation, but it requires a thorough evaluation before I can tell you how uh, to, uh, to treat that. This is Passion on CJAD 800. Once a month, Maitre Linda Hammerschmidt joins us to answer your family law questions. It's uh, You're getting some legal advice here, so uh, if you'd like it, just all you have to do is text in your question at 514-800. Hello, Maitre Linda, how are you? I'm fine, Dr. Laurie. Good, good. So like yes. I said, uh, Maitre Linda is a family law attorney and uh, will answer your questions. Anything, uh, anything happening in the... Uh, you know, in your neck of the woods, court-wise? Court <laughs> well, court-wise. Back on track or still at the same level? Where no, they're on... it's not going to be back on track. It's a question of either organizing virtual court cases now or or Zoom meetings to try to settle files. It's going to take a while before anything is back to, and I, I hate to use the term normal because who knows if that's ever going to be what we knew before will be again. Right. I did. I did find that there is an interesting byproduct, however, from uh, the pandemic, in my opinion, anyway. What? And uh, that uh, the restrictions on weddings. What do you mean? Um, well, oh you're, yes, you're the... only allowed to have ten guests, right? I think it's. I thought I. I guess so. I don't know. It keeps no, changing. It's, it's, it's not fifty. Okay. At the moment, anyway, and so it would seem to me that finally people are going to have to curtail the exorbitant spending and they're going to be able to save money and if they're smart and put it into uh, TSFAs or, or uh, you know uh, GICs or whatever instead of that fifty, sixty thousand dollars spending on weddings yep. they're going to be happier in the end you know and the way I'm looking at it is it's bringing back the meaning of the wedding the meaning yes, because of because you actually know the people that are there. Well, it's not just that. It's that it's not about the party. It's about cel- the celebration of love together. Like the, it's almost it almost turns it into a more sacred um, ceremony, intimate. I guess. Intimate. Yeah, intimate, intimate, and more, and just it just feels that much more. And it's the same for. Uh, bar mitzvahs and other events that I've attended through Zoom, but it takes away that whole thing that, you know, where, where some people put more importance on the actual wedding than the ceremony or the marriage. Uh, yep. and, and this is changing so much of that. And I think it's a great time uh, to be getting married because now it's like, I can't invite everybody and they're, you know, all these relatives and half the people I don't know. There's no obligation now. <laughs> so Well, I'm always thrilled when I hear people are getting married. Are you? But even without a, a, a something written out beforehand? Well, I'm, dead. I'm <laughs> less thrilled. I'm less thrilled, but, but do the math. The first cause of divorce 
Oh, is marriage. Yes, of course. <laughs> you know, you know, don't you. you. And you're I, always like to say it's the flip side of love, so I might as well make it real here, It, it is, it and is. That's what it is. I, I find this texter wrote something I thought was kind of, it's kind of funny. Uh, my question for Maitre Linda, and has nothing to do with the law, is she emits a persona of a toughie, just wondering if there's a warmer, softer interior underneath. After all, it is a show about passion. I know Linda, and she may sound tough, but she is mush on the inside. So oh, sorry. I have my moments, Lori. <laughs> I have my moments, but it's not dispel a fantasy for everybody out there yes but but you know some people don't know about this but you 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 are an animal lover you are you have a huge heart and people should know this softer side about you you know but everybody in the courtroom wants the tough side so it's well, all it's all, all good nobody wants their lawyer to be mushy right <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh here this person smart people anyway Right. Uh, this person writes in, yes, save money on the wedding. They will need it in seven years for a divorce, statistically exactly speaking. My <laughs> Invest now and it'll grow. <laughs> oh, man. This is not turning out so good. Okay. <laughs> but I'm, I've always been against, uh, you know, in, and not because of, oh, sorry about that, not because of my profession, but because of simply the economics of it. I've never understood the. The spending. The the, the spending, yeah. It's ridiculous, especially with the statistics. So why why do that? I know. I remember once I knew somebody who the parents offered the couple will give you $100,000 instead of the wedding, and they chose the wedding. Guess what happened to that couple after six years? Got divorced? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Exactly. I I shouldn't laugh. That's not funny, but yes. They did, and uh, and I think it just puts it in perspective now. This with COVID and everything, and people still wanting to get married. I think it really does put it a bit in perspective. Anyway, here's well, I, a here's a yeah. question for you: Is it possible for a 12 year old to refuse to go to custodial parent in joint custody arrangement? It's a, it's a complicated, you know, answer in the sense. No and yes. Depends on the maturity of the 12-year-old. Depends on how antagonistic the parents are. And it has to do with, you know, a good reason. It's not because they're going to have a party at their friend's house that they're not going to go and spend time with the uh, other parent. That's, that's not a good reason. And, right. and the pre- parent that has a child uh, at that point in time should uh, encourage, if not you know, the access and say, no, you can't go to the party because this is your weekend, of course. And that raises the question of whether they're going to resent the other parent and so on and so forth. But, you know, again, it comes down to parents and if they actually truly interested in the uh, best interests of their children, uh, this whole thing about not that children not wanting to see one parent or the other shouldn't arise now. Well, in a perfect world, okay, uh, yeah. yeah. But I know it's not a perfect world. Exactly. But twelve-year-old, uh, no. But really, out there, people, do you really want to have to call police to have your child put in the car? And and and, and the police aren't going to do anything anyway because they're going to say that's a civil matter. Call your lawyer in the morning. Right. But it would have to go. W- would a judge want want to hear from this twelve-year-old? 
It's not mandatory at that age, but the chances are uh, it could be good that a judge might want to hear them either in chambers or out of the presence of the parents to get the true story as opposed to uh, the one that's uh, orchestrated by one parent or the other. Mm-hmm. But, you know, every case, you can't have a global answer to that question. Every case would be different. Right. Absolutely. Um, then thank you for that. The spending of all the money on a wedding, what a waste. Invest it. So they're with you on that. Absolutely. And yeah. it's growing tax-free, so yippee. Yeah. So my, I do not have all the facts. My divorce, I don't know if it's a friend or whatever, was divorced for 17 years, can now prove without a doubt his wife hid a large amount of money. He pursued this legally to get his 50%. Uh, 17 very, years very later. It's difficult because there is a prescription period and it uh, depends on when the person has come to realize that uh, the uh, this hidden money uh, became known to, to the person. And uh, if it could have been found out back 17 years ago, why wasn't it? So there's, again, there's never mm-hmm. any simple answers in family law. It's just not, you don't know, take a, a, a ruler and measure stuff, and that's right. the answer. It's 12 inches or it's 5 inches, and that's it. Right. Never like that in family law. But would somebody... Don't laugh, Lori, just because I'm I not... pulled out a, a measure. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I told you not to laugh. You know, goes sometimes these jokes go right over my head. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not there. I'm not thinking that. So I'm not like. And then of course but you, you have that little bit coming up where some bizarre sexual yes. thing of the yeah. Whatever. Yes, yes. Our, you our, cra- done it now. our crazy sex story. Yes. So this person then. Yeah, so so it's it's going to be very very difficult, and there's many many uh, elements that have to be. Uh, delve into uh, before one can even ascertain if right. you have a chance. And if you have a chance, what cost is it going to be? I right. mean, you're talking about $10 million? You're talking no, about $30,000 or $200,000? dollars yeah, $200,000. How was she hiding it? I mean, the people live together, so why didn't you know that she'd hidden it? And uh, why didn't you could have had an accountant, a forensic accountant back in the day? So, you know, Mm. yeah, it will be hard to prove. I don't have all the answers to the questions that one would have to ask. Right. Were you not represented at the time? Uh, All sorts of things. Should he should this person seek legal advice on this? You know, it's going to depend also on how old they are. If you're 70 years old, you know, it might make the. Stay at the home nicer, but the stress on your on your health will probably kill you before you get to spend the money in the home. <laughs> That's a fact too. You have to weigh all of that as well. Uh, yeah, and and again, even if you think think you have a good case, if it's up to the judge ultimately. You've said that often enough. Like so many people think, oh, I've got an open and shut case, or no, I have all the facts, but yeah, they're never, it, never. Right. It's always up to, uh, ultimately up to the judge. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. This stupid sex story of the night is going to make you go, ew. A 23-year-old Fresno State University student has admitted 
to engaging in a sex act with a sheep after being caught in his California campus barn with an ew. The young man who is studying computer engineering told authorities that he had sex with an with the animal because he was stressed about exams. The student was caught in the act when another college goer heard noise coming from the agricultural department's barn in the early hours of Tuesday morning. The man who has not been named is facing charges of sexual assault of an animal. Upon arrest, he informed the Fresno State Police that he consumed a vast amount of alcohol and was feeling stressed about upcoming exams. Is that a reason? Really? Does that make you go, ooh? It sure does. (laughs) I can only imagine the look on your face, Maître Linda Hammerschmidt. Well, I just (laughs) hope that he gets charged with paying for the therapy for uh, For for the the animal. Yeah, no kidding. Um, All right, we've got lots of questions here from Maître Linda Hammerschmidt, our family law attorney who uh, gives us advice here every month. So here's a question. My husband passed away recently. And someone he knows says that my husband sold him a defective something diabrasive belt. Am I required to pay this guy a refund? Hold it. So the husband dies. I guess the husband had a business. Uh huh. Sold something to this other man, and the man is coming back saying, I, "You need to give me back my money." I don't know to her. Okay. Well, first of all. I, I'm getting a feedback here. I don't know why, so just a minute. Let's see okay. if we can That might be better? Yep, that's better. No, no I'm hearing myself. All right. Well, anyway. we'll figure it out on our end, but keep okay. talking. Um, if she's accepted the estate of the late husband, then she's accepting, you know, the debts. I mean, did he not, did he put it on a credit card? Did he, or is it just a bill that needs to be paid like that? And uh, is there a possibility of exchanging whatever it was, depending on how long ago it was purchased, and failing which, uh, come to an arrangement with the person by explaining that you're not the person that bought it, you know, and maybe that person will be open to taking a lesser amount. I don't know Mm -hmm. what this thing is. What did you call it? it? It's written here, diabrasive belt. I have no idea what that is. Okay, that makes two of us. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, Here's another one. This one is uh, a sad story here. My 87-year-old mom is suffering from memory loss and confusion and has been a victim of abuse from my 63-year-old brother suffering from mental illness who's lived with her all his life without contributing in the least financially or otherwise, but rather exploiting and loafing off of her and treating her inhumanely instead. He's also been in and out of mental institutions and jail where he is presently incarcerated yet again. My mom has a notary mandate for incapacity appointing both of us as her caretakers. However, considering the circumstances and conflict of interest, she now wants to change it, giving me sole power of attorney, but was considered incompetent to decide by the notary despite having a doctor's note stating otherwise. What can I do? Change notaries. So find another notary. Yeah. Well, she still can if she has a doctor's note. Right. The notary isn't a physician. Right. So the doctor's note should be enough. Okay. Well, it shouldn't be a note on a prescription pad. It should be a letter. (laughs) Okay. So I'll ask for a letter from the doctor. Yeah. Okay. And sooner than later and then have her, uh, you know, revoke the mandate 
she should do that anyway in writing. And, okay. and she should sell the house and move and don't give the prisoner the forwarding address. Wow. <laughs> okay. She can do that? One can do anything in life. It's a question of who follows you afterwards to see right. if you should have done it. Right, and Better here she's tr- forgiveness and permission. And here she's really trying to protect her uh, elderly mother at the same time well, she and might protect all... the assets. Nah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> here's a question that I'm not sure if you'll know how to answer, or you might have a snarky comment on this one. Um, <laughs> Me? Yeah, you. Uh, because it has nothing to do with the law. Uh, what can I do to manage all of the screaming and manage all the stress around my family? That is the thing that everybody's wondering right now. What do you mean, uh, a family, an entire extended family, or no, the one that's probably, in a out? Yeah, I'm imagine. This is I'm imagining a frazzled, you know, frazzled parents with kids who are out of control because they're bored and, uh, you know screaming at them or, or what have you. I can tell you... In my house, it's called Camp Hammerschmidt. <laughs> Dogs and little children will emerge completely different from when they showed up. <laughs> yes, you're quite... There you are tough. You will train them. I'm um, very loving. I'm very fair. I'm but firm. fun, but don't get out of line with me. It doesn't work. Right. So, yes, yeah, setting boundaries, that's a good one. But here in, in, in COVID times and everything, people have to remember that they have to self-care. They have to, you need as a parent to take some time out. Yeah, you need your own time out around the block. Yeah. Or at the, or lock yourself in the bathroom, put the music on loud and let them scream it out. Like sometimes no, you, you just need to lock no, yourself. No, I away. would leave the house because if I'm hearing people screaming and I've turned the music up, <laughs> I'll become postal. Yeah. That's... I don't think that would be a calming situation and, and don't take a bottle of scotch out of the closet either. No, that's not going to work either, but no, I, and I or send listen them all out on an errand. Right. I mean, you know, we're, to walk we're, around the block, go get to go take the put the mail in the mailbox, do something, something stay yeah. house for half an hour. Yeah, something to give you some uh, a little bit breathing of respite space. and breathing space and a timeout. Like parents need timeouts too, uh, for good reason though. Timeout, timeouts from their kids. Uh, okay, here's uh, if you are not married, you're gonna love this question, <laughs> and just living with a partner for a few years. Do they get half your stuff if you split? Absolutely not. That's right. There is not in this province. Right. We have a lot of problems here, but that's not one of them. So in this province, there is no such thing as common law. You split. Correct. You don't split your stuff. However, do they have children? That I don't know. Okay. Uh, If you have children, there there are provisions for. you know, a claim to be made on things that they were accumulated during the living together, and obviously child support is payable. Okay. And then they go on to say, are prenups actually valid or meaningless? Of course they're valid. <laughs> they're contracts. That's they're right. They're supposed to be, right. Um, all right, here's another one. I have been in a custody... Let me, can I go back here? Yeah, you actually you can go back and then we'll talk about custody after okay. the break. I have to understand that if you don't have a marriage contract that says you're separate as to property, then if one party or the other has, let's say, $200,000 in a stock portfolio, the person is entitled to actually have half of that stock portfolio, whereas if you don't have the marriage contract. 
Right. But if you do have it, they may try to make a claim for a lump sum or whatever, but they can't physically be ordered to have half your stocks. Okay. No stockbroker is going to transfer half the stocks over to you. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. One of my favorite people on earth, Metra Linda Hammerschmidt, joins us. She gives us her time and answers your family law questions. So here's one. I'm sure you've heard this one many times. I have been in a custody battle with a crazed woman, we were not married, who is now on her eighth lawyer, 300k later i have finally managed to get the police involved again as well as youth protection this system is extremely dangerous for children whose parents do not have the resources to fight back for what is right how is it possible for these circuses to happen my poor four-year-old boy and i have been through hell what is your take on crooked lawyers and how are they reprimanded Okay. Well, first of all, I'm not going to get into the crooked lawyer thing because I don't have any facts to base right. that on on that thing. And yeah, the system, you know, isn't perfect by a long shot, which is why people should try to stay the hell away from it as much as possible. And But it all comes back down to who you married or shacked up with. Because if you didn't know them, you shouldn't have had children with them. And okay, but that's too late problem. now. The damage is done. Like, like we still have to, to deal with it. I'm to other people out there that are <laughs> thinking of the possible wedded bliss of the future. Right. So okay. if you don't know who the hell you're marrying and you haven't figured out how exactly you want to raise children, where you want to live, and what religion you want to go to, and what happens if somebody loses their job, and what happens if somebody's transferred to another province, et cetera, et cetera, don't get married because you're not responsible. So, okay. For the lecture. Staff, what what can I say? It's you know the only thing that I would say is to ask your lawyer if he could um, uh, file a motion uh, to uh, declare the woman uh, uh, how to say it in contentious. English. No, like there's a, a, a yeah a quarrelsome uh, litigator. And uh, when that happens, people are barred from presenting new motions unless they pre-have the authorization of the court to do it. Right. And I, from another case that I knew of, it was the judge had said, no more lawyers. Nobody's paying for any more lawyers. Now you're going to come straight to me. And it was, you know, the judge kind of took over because of a content, like somebody who kept going to court for no good yeah, well, reason. Unfortunately, that's not a legal ruling. Oh, okay. It's a lovely idea, but it's not a legal ruling. Right. In fact, I think it's pretty much unconstitutional. Oh. But but to but to declare but it makes uh, sense right? That, except, I, I, sorry, but except that no person is obliged to have a lawyer. So depending on how the judge phrased it, if you want to continue all of this by representing yourselves and do whatever, but they can't force somebody right, right. to show up without their lawyer if they wish to have a lawyer. Right, they can pay for it, but but it doesn't penalize the person who just doesn't want to keep paying for the lawyers to fight stupid claims all the time. No, but what I'm saying is I, I got the impression from what you said that the judge wanted both parties to dispense with their lawyers and come and see the judge alone. 
Uh, well, I think what what the 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 meaning behind it, at least what I understood, was that because one of them was actually always representing herself, and yeah. uh, you know, and had gone through also similar situation, many many lawyers and representing it, but it would cost the other party because he would bring a lawyer. So it ended up costing so much money for such stupidities that kept being brought to the court. And, okay. you know, so the the judge, I think, got fed up because it was the same judge that kept hearing it and was like, okay, this is enough already, you know? Mm-hmm. So at some point, maybe you're right, having her declared a, whatever it's called, a contentious... A quarrelsome... Quarrel, you're right, well, exactly. It's, uh, it's sad, it's sad. But again, if people have... Just like any order, like if people have complaints against psychologists or doctors or whatever, we're all governed by boards. Like we're all governed by organizations that you, that protects the public. So you can always, if you need to make a complaint, you you always have the, I guess, the barreau or whatever they, what is, what's it called here? In yes, but, yeah. but that's not going to solve the, the monetary issue of going to court uh, no, eight times for yourself, by right? Somebody that's a lunatic. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Um, okay. Uh, I am in the events business. My business is closed since March until well in, into 2021. I pay $1,500 per month in child support. Am I entitled to a review of my monthly payment? Absolutely. Okay. So if there's... in fact that's all true. Right. So they have to be able to prove whatever they're yeah. making. Right. And if and and as the courts have said during this pandemic, if the parties can, you know, come to an agreement by themselves because of all of this, uh, all the better. And there is a um, <clears throat> service provided by the government called SARPA, which you can find on the Quebec website for the government. Okay. Uh, and if they agree on what each earns uh, now compared to what there was, it, they can have the amount changed sort of like I'd say amicably with a rubber stamp at this person, but you'd have to check it out. Okay. Okay. Save a lot of money that way. Okay. That's good. Uh, Here's another question. Is someone is giving someone power of attorney the same or different from appointing them as a caretaker in a mandate of incapacity? Uh, I don't think that's the same thing. Um, that's what I think. A living and, mandate. Right. There's a diff- there are yeah, two well, different well, things, yes, right? Well, yes, in a sense, because a power of attorney can be uh, partial or it could be just like for a bank account. You could put somebody's name on the bank account right, with signing right. privileges or it can be uh, all-encompassing for all the assets, which doesn't mean that the uh, person has to be declared uh, incapacitated for the person to be able to uh, Access. execute anything. Right. They can just go to the bank and clean you out. So Right. Uh, or also it's different from being an executor of a will. Well, yeah, it's completely right. different because the person's dead. They don't care if you're stealing the money. Right. <clears throat> and number two, um, does one sibling having power of attorney and or being appointed executor give them the exclusive legal power to decide if and how they should distribute an evenly divided will, which equally states two siblings as recipients, or must the will be necessarily respected as is? Well, I don't understand. The I understand last part. the because question. If, it, if it's already equally distributed, then 
what's the issue? The Because they're worried that the person with power of attorney decides how it's going to be distributed and not go by what's written in the will. They can't do that. No, they have to go with what's in the will, and if people aren't satisfied, then there's recourse before the courts. <laughs> okay. Uh, another one. When someone dies leaving debts behind, are the relatives responsible to pay? Only if they accept the estate. If you renounce to the estate, then you're not taking part of the debt. But if the estate has debt, it's going to come off the top before any distributions are made. Right. Right. So if you don't want to pay the, the mortgage on the house, well, you're not going to get part of the house either. <laughs> right. Uh, and last question. My fiancé and I are getting married next year, and she has three children, and I have two children. If she were to pass away, is it possible for her to leave me guardianship of her children and vice versa? Where are the Could other be. parents? But where are Could the other? Be. Doesn't that have to be, wouldn't that go to automatically the other parent of the children? I mean, they're obviously both have different. They're... Oh, you're saying the other the other parents are still out there in the portrait. Right. I'm yeah. assuming well, then you so. you can't will your children to somebody who has another parent. Okay. So that's the answer would be no to that. Okay. That's it for us, Maître Linda. Already? Yeah, Already. we had so many questions. And I feel so bad. There's, We still have a whole bunch left, but we will just have to save them until next time. But I promise you'll be first on the list. Uh, Maître Linda will join us. I have to figure out our December schedule because of the holidays and such, but um, otherwise well, let me know. in the new year. You betcha. Thank you so much again for your expertise. Always fun All talking right. to you. Take care Bye, now. Lori. Bye, Bye. Thanks to all of you for your texts. Uh, thank you. It uh, made the show, as you know. Uh, thank you to our technical producer, Nicole Proano, tonight. If you want to connect with me, you can do that through my website, which is drlaurie.com, where you'll also find podcasts of all our past shows as well. Um, you just have to click on the Passion Radio tab and you will get there. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a wonderful rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion. Right. Now tell me, do you feel-